Welcome to another jam-packed edition of the Two Bucks Sports Podcast. I am your co-host, Rusty Buckets, coming to you from Martin, Tennessee, home of the Skyhawks, my new residence. Uh, for the time being, I am up in Tennessee, Drew, back where there's no state income tax, where I oh. wasn't ready for it to be that cold because, you know, I'm a beach bum for the last six years. It's definitely a little bit chillier here than it was in Myrtle Beach, but... I'm grateful to be back in the Mid-South where I am from, where I belong. Welcome to the podcast, my esteemed colleague, Drew Gann. What's up, buddy? Hey, Buckets. Welcome back to God's time zone. That's I, the best part. Yeah, yeah I got to tell everybody, uh, Monday night, I was getting ready to sit down and watch football, and the first thing that pops in my head was, I wonder if Rusty remembers he's in God's time zone. So I called him, and I was like, hey, man, you just got to remember. Uh, in ca- I mean, in case you've forgotten, the game comes on in like 10 minutes, okay? Mm-hmm. I caught him at 7 o'clock. So the game comes on at 10 minutes. I don't know if you're used to it or not, but it doesn't come on at 8.15. It comes on at 7.15. Uh-huh. And since you're an old man and you're back in central time zone, now at least you can watch most of the third quarter before old man goes to bed. You'll be proud of me. I've been staying up a lot later lately for other reasons, on the phone, hanging out, a lot of other reasons to keep me up, and I've been seeing the end of these. Running up them phone bills. That's it. I've been seeing the end of these Grizzly games. I've been seeing the end of Monday Night Football, and so that's been one byproduct that's been pretty nice these late nights is I've seen unfortunately the unfortunate end of most Grizz games, but I did see that Titan come back on Monday and let's go tighten up, baby. What a freaking game. Yeah, we should probably talk about that a little bit today. We have not talked about the Titans at all. I know, this on season purpose. And for yeah, for <laughs> I have been, for good reason. I've been suppressing that far away. <laughs> but uh keep, bring that back up later on in the podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about that uh briefly. Uh first thing um, we're hitting kind of an off season, a kind of a lull here, and so let's just get back and hammer on uh, our Bucks best and beef for the week. Yeah. Rusty, you've had as busy of a week Ooh. as anybody could possibly have had. Yeah. I'm sure there's been pretty of plenty of beefs, hmm. uh, but start with one of your best, with your Bucks best of the week. One of my Bucks best goes out to my kid brother Clark, friend of the podcast. Um, Clark flew out on Thursday of last week. He coached. He did. He had school all day. Had practice. Drove to Huntsville, Alabama. Hopped on a plane and landed in Myrtle Beach at about twelve forty local time. We then stayed up until like two a.m. Thursday night, just chatting, talking, hanging out. Spent all day together Friday. Went to the Marsh Walk. Drew one of our favorite haunts, not Dead Dog, where uh, we had a grand old time that night when the waitress kept coming by, like y'all need another drink, and never once yeah, asked if we were hungry. But, uh, yeah, as I've told I've heard you, we had a good night. Yeah, we did. Ended up with cookout and a peanut butter milkshake in my fridge. But if you want to know more about that, that's going to be in the Patreon. Um, but, uh, yeah, went to the Marsh Walk, had dinner at the Claw House. So we got Spider-Man checking in. If you're watching on YouTube, we have got the one and only. Whoa. What's up, BB? What's up? Oh, a Snaggletooth. Man, we got some missing teeth over there. <laughs> we'll get to that. Atta boy. We'll get to that. Uh, but, yeah, finishing up my best of the week. You know, shout out Clark. He came with me. We had a cross-country road trip. He drove my truck back from South Carolina. Uh, I drove the U-Haul back. <clears throat> Not the most fun 11 hours I've spent. But really grateful for the time with my brother. We had a lot of fun, a lot of laughs, a lot of catching up, um, and then just good time on the road, man. So shout out to Clark. My my probably my best of the week was just that good time with him. So uh, yeah, you know, as as you age and you get older, and you know your siblings who you grow up and you're inseparable. I mean, a lot of that has to do with the fact that you're just forced to live in the same house and lots of times share rooms and everything. You're just forced to be together. For the first 18 years of your life. Even when you don't like each other. Because there were stretches where Clark and I didn't care for each other. 
Right, and you're you and Clark are so close in age for brothers. God, like, what are you like? Thirteen, fourteen. We're months fifteen apart? months apart, almost Irish yeah. twins, and we fought like cats and dogs, man. It's, and we're both yeah. hyper competitive, so that didn't make it better. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, for like the first eighteen years of your life, you're forced to be with your brother. Like, I've got two little sisters. I never had a brother biologically. Kirk and David were basically brothers for me, but um, you. It's kind of weird as you grow because you talk less, uh, especially for you and and uh, Clark. You know, since you moved off to South Carolina and at one point in Memphis, and, uh, and then there's kids now and there's distance, and you just don't get. You may see them, but yeah. you don't get that time with them. You know, it's always Christmas time is great for that. Yeah. It's one of the best parts of Christmas is that you get together. Oftentimes, in the house you grew up yeah. in with the people who grew up there and your kids are running and playing and whatnot and you get time with your siblings and your parents just as adults yeah. and you can reminisce and talk and and, and it's as a, you know. hindsight's always twenty twenty there because like imagine for those of you who are our listeners our faithful listeners who might be only children like imagine having a friend that you're forced to be friends with that you don't like anything about for 18 years right and then you get out of the house and you go your separate ways you know clark's had three kids he's had a lot of life happen to him much like myself you know with the divorce and everything that i've been through over the last few years and it started with memes, right? There's nothing that unites people quite like internet memes. Me, Clark, and Jim have a little meme chat that goes through, and like we send memes all day, every day. And then Clark and I have gotten closer through that. Now we text and talk, and we probably talk on the phone every couple of days. And so really grateful for, like you said, like kind of overcoming some of those childhood differences and, and, and gaining a good friend out of it. And, and he and I are much, much closer today. Obviously, you know, no secret that you know I, I think you and i are probably even a little bit closer because we do talk right. every single day um but clark and i are really close i'm grateful for that relationship and grateful for him coming to help me move for sure oh yeah and that's the thing is like you grow up hating these people i know me and my little sister victoria who's two years younger than me just fall like cats and dogs yeah. like we could not have been more opposite she was super high strung teenage cheerleader i mean just by stereotype and i was laid back and she would she would drive me crazy like if i was watching tv she would go places that i wouldn't go mm -hmm. and what i mean by that is like she would say i want to watch this and i would say no i'm watching this get over it and then she would say i hate you and i would be like well i'm not going to go that far <laughs> so here just take it you know yeah. and so but then you grow up and as adults you get to be friends again yeah. you're not there's not that competition right. a, a lot of times anyway yeah and so it's one of the greatest parts of being close to family and especially during the holiday season yeah. when you get to just come and without expectations and anything like that, you just get to come hang out with your family. And you get to look back on those memories of Clark and I. <laughs> we, were, we would race to see who could get the first bite after the blessing. And we were trying to do all these things to be the first. And like now as adults, we look back and like, that's kind of dumb. We can laugh about it now. Yeah, right. So, all right, hit me with your uh, best, man. My best of the week. So – um, I got, uh, every year at Temple Electric, I got a, a little bit of a Christmas bonus and, uh, times are hard, you know, like most of Americans, the middle class is getting really squeezed. I saw a meme the other day. Uh, you remember in home alone when, um, when Kevin goes, he puts together a shopping list. Okay. And the total was like, uh, $20, I think something, 20 something dollars, call it $22. 
they they put there that that shopping list and said in 2022 at Christmas time that would have cost forty four dollars. In 2023, one year later, it was costing seventy seven. Good lord! <laughs> so, so I'm just like for us and lots of people. I mean, we'll just be honest. Like uh, when. Christmas time comes around. A Christmas bonus, lots of times, is how you pay for Christmas and how you pay off. You know, if you shop ahead, you, you credit cards or whatever, like it's how you pay for Christmas. And so my wife told me, she said, "Listen, this is your Christmas bonus." And I love her for this. She thinks uh, she wants me to buy things for myself more than I want to because I, I want to do other. I want to do practical stuff. You know, she said, "Just buy you one thing." I said, "Well, I've got to have some work boots." Um. These are falling apart. They're hurting. And so I was like, I've got to have some work boots. So that's what I, the one thing I'll buy myself. We've also got to get new tires for the vehicle. So I'll get new tires. I'll buy me some work boots. And then uh, the rest will go to whatever fund needs replenished. And so there's a cobbler in town, a shoe shine place. I mean, a, a shoe repair place is the only place in North Mississippi, I believe, that does shoe repairs at all. And my mom loves it because she's got all kinds of boots. So it seems like once a month, once every couple months, she hands me a pair of boots. She wants resold and whatnot. So I take them into the cobbler. And he has some assorted boots, not really a good selection. But I said, listen, I got small feet. I mean, you've seen me in person. It's not a shock. Um, I said, I have a hard time even finding boots to try on. I said, what do you got? And he holds up a pair of boots, my size, and... He says, try these on. I tried them on. My, these fit good. These comfortable. He's, I said, uh, what's the story on them? He's, he's like, well, they're slightly used. Somebody brought them in to have me shine them up and never picked them up. So how much you want for them? He said, well, they're marked for 45 but you give me 30 And I was like, holy smokes. <laughs> so I've got some, some uh, the brand is Georgia boots. Dude, I love Georgia uh, boots. I got a pair in my yeah. bedroom. Area in Georgia, yeah. all I wear. That's awesome. Yeah, so I got a pair of Georgia boots, leather, waterproof, slightly Let's used go. for $30. That's a and Christmas like, miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. I saved, I mean, you, you've shot for boots. I've saved like $200 easy. on that Georgia trip. boots yeah. are $150, yeah. 180 bucks. Man. Yeah. Easy. And so, uh, yeah, that's what I'm stoked about. Let's go, <laughs> man. What a great, yeah. great, yeah, man. Because like you said, everything's more expensive, and, and to be able to save 200 bucks on a pair of boots, <laughs> that ain't bad. Well, let me tell you how I lost some of that money. Uh-oh. My bug's beef. Uh-oh. Is, um, you know, I have two. Chi- I have three children. Mm-hmm. Two are older. One of which has lost all of her teeth. And the other one has not lost any teeth. Until Uh-oh. Tuesday night. Uh-oh. He comes in and he has pulled his tooth. First tooth. He's been wiggling for a week. He just got to playing with it. Fell right out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, congratulations. You know, maybe the tooth fairy will come see you. And. Tooth Fairy came and saw him, and uh, for the first tooth, uh, Thomas Jefferson was uh, was was bestowed. Oh. You know, I'm like, where's we this going? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying. They're in the other room. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, Understood. Uh, yeah, and so if you don't know which uh, which form of currency Thomas Jefferson's on, it wasn't a nickel. Need, it was the other. Uh, you need you need to read a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, Rusty, you can tell them because they can't hear you. <laughs> uh, and so I was like, you know, Tooth Fairy typically only spends that much on the first two. Mm-hmm. You know, after that, you know, you may get a couple Georges and mm-hmm. well, we're good. Well, he called my bluff because the next day at school he lost <laughs> a second tooth. And 
me not having any foresight or planning ahead. Uh, about 10 o'clock last night, I was like, okay, I wonder if the tooth fairies come. And uh, he did, but there were no Georges around Uh-oh. the house. Uh-oh. <laughs> so he got another Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> My boy's $4 richer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so all that money I saved, uh, I lost 10 of it. <laughs> to a good cause. <laughs> to a good cause. To a good yeah, cause. I mean. You yeah. know, and so yeah, man. I really need a birthday because Chloe had a birthday a couple of weeks ago, and she came home with a hundred sixty dollars. Holy smokes, man! Yeah, um, a funny quick story. My brother and I were obsessed, like most kids and a lot of adults, were obsessed with wrestling. Not wrestling, but wrestling, like WWF, WWE, wrestling. WCW, wrestling. The square EPW yeah, and Yeah, I was the American Legion there in Corinth. I went and watched one of Mary's boyfriends in high school wrestle there with a bunch of that midget wrestling. I don't know if I can say that in 2023. Little people I'll wrestling. I'll approve it. I can, I can, I have a say. All right. So midget wrestling came on first. That's the most interesting thing I've ever watched in my life. And then they had like full size, like they had like <laughs> the fun size and then the full size. The candy little leagues bars. and the big leagues. <laughs> <laughs> they had like the mini candy bars and then the big ones. Anyway, yeah. whoa, we derailing. So, oh, um, this may be the last episode of two. We're going to get canceled. We're at 63. We're going to get canceled. But we would go watch that. Well, anyway, Clark and I, we're getting ready to go to, to <coughs> Atlanta for his birthday in 1995. I'm um, going to watch the Braves play in, 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 uh, like a series against the Reds. We stopped by Talladega, Six Flags, big family trip. Anyway, the night before we left, we're wrestling on the bed. We're wrestling on the bed. And Clark was obsessed with Shawn Michaels and round up the sweet chin music about the time. HBK. That's it. About the time I went off the ropes and he caught me square in the mouth and knocked oh. out two baby teeth. And I was bleeding like a stuck pig, man. But uh, yeah. it was just like one of those panic moments that he kicked me. And like there was a, a second of just like, hmm. And then I just see just like red going everywhere, and I'm like, "Mama!" <laughs> so two two rebuttals to that, two follow ups. Uh, the only tooth that our oldest Chloe has lost since we've had them, going on three years now. That's wild. Uh, was knocked three out years. by Braxton's fist. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so he was not. He didn't sleep comfortably that night. Um, two about little person wrestling. So. <laughs> Uh, you went to Mississippi State. Yeah. I went to Mississippi State. State. You know, a staple once a year at Rick's Bar, America, uh, Rick's American Sports Bar and Grill. That's it. They have midget wrestling. Mm, I remember those, and man. <laughs> I was in Starville for uh, two falls. The first fall, I was like, no way I'm going. Mm. Nope, I'm too short. They're going to get me mixed up. <laughs> They're going to put you in a leotard and put you out there. <laughs> I told them, I said, I'm not going. Because of midget wrestling, I'm the big show. <laughs> so, uh, the, I can't go. You're the final boss they have to defeat <laughs> yeah, to get the title. Yeah, I'm the big show of midget wrestling. Uh, and so, no, I'm not going. Um, and the second year, they taught me into going. And so, and I'm going to tell you, for as far as events go that it's at, that's at Rick's, yeah. uh, Mustache the Band, yep. number one, yep. always. Number two. Midget wrestling. wrestling, man. It is electric. And I'm telling you, it feels wrong. I mean, it let's does. be real. But the people that participate in it and the traveling show that puts it on, they know what they're doing. That's what I have to keep telling <clears throat> myself. It's like they they know that they're being put up for entertainment for a lot of the wrong reasons. Right. And it's not a shock to them. So that's why. No. But it's like, it feels like. Uh, yeah. 
It's like you like can't a laugh Hunger at Games it. kind of thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's like a real messed up, uh, you know, uh, Roman Colosseum <laughs> situation so, where everybody's just just yelling at these little people and just wanting them to just kick each other in the nuts. Repeatedly. <laughs> if we had been canceled, yeah, we finna be. Um, two of my favorite movies are like they're movies you shouldn't laugh at because they're hyper offensive, but I find them absolutely hilarious. Tropic Thunder is one of my favorite movies of all time. I laugh at that hysterically every time I watch it. I'm a dude. Play the dude. Guys, there's another dude. Dude, that is the most quotable movie. Like, there, I quote that movie daily. Like, so if if that offends you, this is probably not the podcast for you. Number two, the other one is The Ringer with Johnny Knoxville. Have you seen that one? There are two movies that I shouldn't laugh at, but they are. Scratch my CD. Broad Daylight. My favorite is Oh My Atlanta. (laughs) Anyway, Midget Wrestling is like that. I knew it. My name's Jimmy, and I can count to a potato. All right, enough. <laughs> so those uh, are two we're just movies. Quoting movies, people. There's two movies we sh- I shouldn't laugh at, and that's like midget wrestling. Like you shouldn't be entertained by it because it's 2023. It's probably like offensive. But I remember vividly in 2004. It's me, Mary, Clark, Jim, and Case Ingram. Shout out Case Ingram, the biggest one lines, winning the state football championship. State Let's champions. freaking go, baby! First in school that's- history. Couldn't happen to a better dude. Case, you're getting a shout he is out. A great dude. Great uh-huh. dude. Does it the right way. Winning program. I love me some K Singer. He was in my first wedding. Um, great, great guy. Love me some K Singer. Anyway, I digress. We're, we're there watching wrestling. Everybody starts cheering. And I'm like, what are we cheering for? Like, I don't know what's happening. And they were running in front of me. And I couldn't see him because of the guardrail that was in you front just of heard. me. Everybody's like, woo! And I'm like, yeah, what's going on? And I lean over to Mary. I'm like, what are we cheering for? And she points. And I'm like, Oh. <laughs> oh, they've run out. Like, my bad, yeah. <laughs> my bad. Yeah. When you're six five, you know it's below eye level. It's hard to well, see. Well, let me tell you, like as somebody who's five five, <laughs> you don't want to be the guy midget wrestling that is trying to fight their way to the railings in order to be able to see, because <laughs> like, then that's when they identify you as the big the show. Big show. <laughs> yeah. That's Andre so, the Giant. <laughs> yeah, and th- let me tell you, if those things get a little. Uh, Little R rated if you went to the same one I went to. They hey, Rick's, yeah. they asked for volunteers yeah. to get some lap dances by some yeah. little people and it gets sketchy, yeah, it, man. It get, Thankfully at the VF so comfortable. They're at the VFW in Corinth, Mississippi. They kept it fairly wholesome, but not at Rick's, man. Between Rick's, Dave's Dark Horse, and Remington Hunt Clubs, I seen things. But anyway, speaking of Case Ingram, his wife Brady mm-hmm. and I are the same age, and she lived like not even a stone's oh, throw right. from the VFW. Yeah. And so we would hang out at her house and walk over to the VFW all the time. What a great time. They wouldn't man. let us in. No, but you try. <laughs> anyway, yeah. we're, we're off the rails here. We're early. Uh, my Bucks beef of the week. Man, there's so many. I have spent so much money. A week of moving my is God. the beef itself. I mean, there's, that's it, man. There's subsequent beefs yes. in that. Yes. But moving is like, the worst. It starts man. with dropping $900 in a U-Haul. And then it continues with uh-huh. almost six hundred dollars in gas, and then it's like, uh-huh. and then it's you know more money to come up here. I'm buying food for people that are helping me. Cause and not to mention you're in between jobs. Oh my god! Like, yeah, all this. I got my paycheck today, and it's a fraction of a paycheck. So like, I've got savings. You know, shout out to to pass Rusty for saving money. But like, I saw that check yet, and I was like, ooh, that's less than what it normally is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so. You've got to bridge that gap yeah. while also having your biggest expense in probably the last five years. That's it. And I bought because moving is more expensive than anything. It is, and I bought plane tickets for mom and Clark to come see me. I bought plane tickets for me to go see Sarah. Like there's things like just a lot of expenses has happened, and then I got that check today, and I was like, "Ruh, ruh, reggie." 
But like, <laughs> I know that there's like PTO coming. Like I've got stuff coming, but like that hit today. Right. Today wasn't a great day anyway. I'm grateful for the podcast tonight. But when that hit today, it was just like kind of like a comedy of errors. And I was like, you know what? Like this is stupid. Like like we talk- this is the most. You know, you're talking about being in between jobs, moving, and all the financial struggle that's that. And it's totally reasonable. I've been through it. Yeah. We all know what it's like. Yeah. This is like, I feel like I'm in a windfall right now. Like, I got my Christmas bonus <laughs> last week. And I wanna, if this I could mute your mic, I would. <laughs> well, no, but I'm making a point here. So, this is like the biggest struggle because I'm not a great budgeter. So, we've aired out lots of dirty laundry on here. Uh, me and my wife, first of the month, man, we feel rich. Sure. And this is a big problem, and it's something that we have sure. to, we are we have decided we're going to address. Sure. She gets paid once a month, last day of the month, last working day of the month. Well, you know what that is? In December, it's like next week, the fourteenth. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm just I looked at my bank account this morning, I'm like, oh baby, <laughs> and she's like, no, that's got to last us through January. Yeah. I was like, oh. This is a curse, man. Yeah. I got to put that in the savings yeah. right now. Clark, like, Clark and I were talking about that last week. You know, my kid brother is a, is a teacher and a coach, and same thing. Right. He was like, I got paid today for the last time until January 31st. And I was like, you right. know, my problems suddenly seem less. Yeah. And so, like, middle of December, Christmas is coming up. Yeah. Everybody knows. Uh, the second is my oldest daughter's birthday. The fourth is our anniversary. The 17th is my wife's birthday. And 25th is Jesus' birthday. <laughs> and... All of which are expensive. Yeah. And so for that paycheck to hit on the 14th, yeah. and I'm just like, here we go, baby. And I've got to tell myself, like, no, if you spend that money, January will be awful. Yeah. You will eat ramen starting December the 27th. And hot dogs. That's what got me through <laughs> yeah. college, man. Ramen, hot dog, and peanut butter. Um, I'm going to quote the office for the second time tonight, and I'm going to say, because of that, happy birthday, Jesus. Sorry your party's so lame. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, we're going to move. The Office Christmas episodes, if you want a place to start the office. Those are so Just good. go watch the Christmas episodes. Those are no so funnier good. No, the best Christmas episode. You tell me what your favorite one is. Uh, so, uh, that, that's like Moroccan Christmas. It's great. Is it's great. great. But I, I love, like, maybe not a Christmas episode, but the Stanley quote where he's like, I've had a Moroccan Christmas. I've had a blues Christmas. I've had a black Christmas. I've had a throwback Christmas. I just want Christmas. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. I don't want a black Santa. I want a white I want a white Santa, a baby Jesus in the manger, Christmas. <laughs> That's my favorite office Christmas moment. Uh, Moroccan Christmas is great. And the the Christmas you just, the episode, I can't remember the name, the title of it. But the episode you just referenced, where Michael plays Santa. Yeah, that's the one. And with then and, and Michael Phyllis. and Phyllis yeah. are both Santa. Yes. And Michael turns into Jesus, Jesus. and he's got the karaoke <laughs> machine, and he's like calling people out. That's where he buys the iPod, uh, sh- the iPod for Ryan. And then no, that was the first. Oh, Christmas. that's the first Christmas. That's right. But he's like uh-huh. calling out people because he's upset that Phyllis is, is Santa, and that's where Kevin yeah. sits in his lap, and he's like, "Oh God." <laughs> yeah, that one. I'm going to get you a thousand balloons. <laughs> He's like, just hurry up, man. And Kevin's like, I've never made it this far before. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Now, anyway. I'm just going to tell everybody right now, we've made it, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes of the podcast, and we're we're talking about life and everything, and y'all just buckle up. It's that time of year. We're in between, like, SEC, like, conference championship game and bowl season here. And so, 
just bear with us. Yeah. We're having a good time right Listen, now. Listen, so, this is great for all of our like our female yeah. listeners, our non-sports fans, because I get texts, I get messages from some of my female friends and like Sarah, like these people listen to the podcast that don't know anything about sports, and they appreciate our banter before we get into sports because they'll listen to 20 minutes or so of the podcast. My mom tells me every week. I yeah. listen to the first 15 minutes of the podcast. Yeah, I get that all the time. Yeah. One of my former coworkers, Katie, shout out Katie Absher. I'm sure she's listening. She listens to the first little bit, and then she'll text me. She's not right now. And she's like, this is hilarious. This is so, yeah, maybe not. She's like, this is so great. <laughs> It's really funny. And then she's like, and then I turn it off when you all talk about sports. Yeah. So, so maybe that's uh, our. We're a podcast for the. People, that's it. Maybe we know? should like, we should do two we podcasts. We need to start soliciting topics yeah. again. Oh, yeah. You know, I, you know what? Our, well, listen. You know, it's a good idea what you just said about two podcasts. Yeah. You know, if I could, you know, if I could convince my wife, hey, you remember two. that hour and a half <laughs> you have to watch all three kids, almost four? We're going to do it uh, twice. Uh, I want to do it twice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but. One of my favorite podcasts, it's a fantasy football podcast, and I, I listen to them because I love the banter and everything. Mm-hmm. They also started a podcast where they just do weird stuff and talk about anything other than sports. I think and you I and I would kill a podcast like that, like humble brag moment kind of thing. Like, yeah. with our banter on the phone, as much as we make each other laugh and, and people around us, like, I think we would do well with it. But I yeah. think one podcast is enough for people to have to listen to our annoying voices, A, see our ugly mugs, and hear our stupid and opinions. For, do, <laughs> and do it for free. Yeah, for free. Because ain't none <laughs> hey, of y'all paying us. That's it. I'll tell you what. Uh, if you paid me a gift card for local boutiques, I can make it happen. <laughs> That's it, because you can treat Haley to some nice stuff and to give us another Speaking night. of, you're talking about how spoiled my wife is. We had our company Christmas party uh, Tuesday night. I uh, got the babysitter for the kids. They do raffles, different vendors that we buy transformers and uh, power line cable. Oh, I thought you were talking about Optimus Prime. Stuff. No. Um, <laughs> they send gifts for us to raffle off, sure. you know, as a thank you to the company, you know, for purchasing so much from them through the year and the last three years i've been there three years i've been to three christmas parties i've won a raffle drawing every year first year i won a 22 inch blackstone griddle amazing still use it to this day the second year i won a 50 dollars gift card to a local boutique named ravishing ruby Uh, my name gets called again this year I go up there and draw my prize out of the bucket, open it up. It's a $50 gift card to another local boutique. <laughs> Haley's racking up. Stella Boutique. And I just looked at her, and both years I said, happy birthday, honey. <laughs> I just, just handed it on over. There was a – I used to be a part of this club uh, called Sertoma in Myrtle Beach, like Kiwana's Rotary Club, stands for service to man. Right. And every year in March we would do – and I'm going to miss this, this. It was called the Charity Ball. And it was an excuse to dress right. up, black tie – have some drinks, have some dinner, have a band come in. It was always a great time when we got together right. and I went. Um, the first ever year that I went, they give away cash prizes up to $10,000. Oh, up to $10,000. Your boy's name gets called. Not for a cash prize. Oh, no. I'm not, like, this is going to sound like a first world problem, but, like, I, I won a $1,500 prize. Oh. But it was a custom tailored suit. Drew, you did you use Drew, it? You, oh, yeah, Drew. Listen, oh, you know me. I am the redneckest. Like I'm wearing like a t-shirt, mm-hmm. shorts, like a backwards hat. Like this is me every single day. Like I don't get fancy. You might think that you're redneck, but Rusty's redneck. That's it. Than you. I'm rednecker than you. Somebody <laughs> should write a song about that. Like yeah. I'm very. I'm a casual dude. Like like Carhartt's in a t-shirt same, is like same. 99 uh-huh. of what I wear. I wear. When boots. I go to church on Easter Sunday, I put on. That's it. A button up with no tie. You know, still yeah. got my boots on. Yeah. You know. You know. 
I own a tux, but it's because it was bought for me when I was going on cruises in a previous life. Right. I, I don't wear it. Like, in, in a 365-day year, 366 next year in our leap year, I might wear a suit three times, right? Yeah, I bought a suit one time, and it was for college yeah. when I was interviewing for jobs. I, I, yeah. I bought two suits off the rack at Belk. I, I only wear it to funerals. That's it. Now. I have a blue and a black suit, and then I have this yeah. this gym. So this is a cool story. So I win this suit. This guy named Jonathan Nichols. He's from Taylor's – or no, Jonathan Taylor. He's from Nichols, South Carolina. Calls me up one day. He's like, I heard you won a prize. This is awesome. When can I come measure you? And I'm like, all right, uh, come on Tuesday. So he comes to the clinic. We go to the break room. He measures me up, like gets all my measurements, all this kind of stuff, right? He's like, you look like a fashion forward kind of dude. I'm like, you don't know me, sir. Oh, no. <laughs> you no, you don't know me, sir. Like, You can tell this from how I'm dressed like, now. I am wearing slacks and a polo, like probably a Mississippi State polo. Like I'm just not fancy at all. And I'm like, you don't know me, sir, but all right, let's go with it. And he, so he shows me this really cool. That Mississippi State polo makes me think that you want <laughs> extra room in the back pockets for your can of snuff. That's it, man. <laughs> <laughs> So he measures me up and he said, let's do something, let's do something fashion forward. And I'm like, all right. So he whips out this pattern and it's gray and it's. Tell me he's got one of those, uh, what's it called? The, the, the neck wraps, you know, that Charles Woodson wears. <laughs> no. So we need to put stuff. Like the little shawl. No. But he had his, <laughs> he had his tape measure around his neck at this point. He's like, I'm going to show you a pattern. I think you'll love it. He showed me that it's a gray suit. It's got like blue and yellow checkers. It does look nice. And I'm like, cool. Sounds good. I'm in. He goes, but I have a proposition. He said, Uh-oh. He said, what about the lining of the suit? I'm like, is there a lining? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Can you put the Grizzlies logo on it? He said, I think we should do Van Gogh's Starry Nights as a lining to this suit. And I'm like, dude, I'm in. Okay. I'm in. Yeah. He shows me a picture. So he is the he makes suits for Harold Baines, the uh, or Harold Raines, the baseball tonight, former New York oh, Yankee, yeah. Cleveland Indian. Yeah. He makes uh-huh. suits for him. He's made suits for Dion. Like this is a big time guy. And he made a suit yeah. for Rusty Witten. I think that's my favorite part. Not only do I pop it open, and I'll get to the uh, story's not over. This is the pause. Pop it open. You see St- Van Gogh's Starry Nights, but it says on the lapel, "Made for Rusty Witten." And I'm like, dude, oh, I am yeah, that fancy. Is cool. So he measures me up and he leaves. That's the reason, that is your only reason you need to never gain any weight. 100%. (laughs) Because this suit, like, so he leaves. Like, four weeks later, I get a phone call. Hey, Rusty, it's Jonathan. Your suit's ready. I'm like, dude, I forgot about that. Heck yeah. He's like, I'm going to come by the clinic. When can I come by? So he comes by a couple days later. He brings it in. This thing is sexy, man. It's like gray. It's got all the the stripes. It's got the starry nights on the inside. I'm like, I have made it. He's like, go try it on for me. Drew, we just talked about how expensive life is. I'm a physical oh, therapist. Yeah. I may be a doctor, but I don't make doctor kind of money. You're not the good kind. No. Yeah, I'm just like I'm a doctor of mathematics. Like I like I don't make a ton right. of money. Right, I'm a, I'm a DPT. It's like you are on the same pay scale for doctors as like a professor. 100. <laughs> percent Like I make good money. I'm not sitting here, you know, bemoaning the fact that I make good money, but it ain't doctor money. Right. Right. I may live to be 110, and I'll never own another custom suit. But that yeah. one custom suit I have. Is one of my prized possessions. I put that thing on, yeah. dude. Nothing has ever fit me better. Like, it was made for me, and it fit like nobody's business. I walked out of that bathroom. I felt like I was like the – I was Ric Flair. I'm that limousine uh-huh. riding. I'm that gator skin wearing. I mean, I felt like like a million bucks walking out of the bathroom wearing that suit. And I'm like, this is – like, I have peaked. I will never feel oh, better yeah. in clothes than this right here. And so, like you said, yeah. I'm not gaining any weight because I want that suit to last. Like, nothing makes me feel better. That's the suit. I've sent you pictures of it. One of my other prized possessions is I own two pocket squares. 
One is black, and the other one has John Morant's face on it. And I wear my John Morant. Shout out to Drew for getting that for me. I wear my John Morant pocket square with that suit because it just works. It fits with the color yeah. scheme. And so oh. I love that suit, man. But, yeah, so of all the prizes for me to win that night, every single one of them, that's the best part, was a cash prize except the $1,500 prize, which was a custom suit, and your boy won it. And so I wear yeah. a suit three times a year, and it's that one. <laughs> if you ever get married again, we will have to have – Suits that match that yes, one suit. Yes, because I'm getting yeah. married in that suit, and when they say, I, instead of, like, you may kiss your bride, I'm going to turn it on and show off the Van Gogh Starry Nights. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be like, uh-huh, yeah, some guy that was like, had, didn't have any ears painted this picture. Uh, I think his name was Van Gogh yeah. or something. <laughs> I'm going to butcher his name, yeah. too. Yeah, uh, but, uh, you know, I'm not the shape to ever be able to wear anything off the rack. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, I have been in many of weddings. Yeah, uh, I have been in. I've been the best man in in a wedding. I've been in several weddings. None of the suits ever look good on me except for one, and it just happened to be my wedding. Yeah, and, of all uh, the days, it was man. it was perfect. Uh, and if I could, if I ever bought a a suit, I would go back and order the same suit and the same side and just be like, all right, now let me just buy the whole thing from that's you. A, that's a conversation for Patreon, but I'm still upset about the fact that I couldn't go to your wedding. But anyway, yeah, I'm yeah, so salty about that. that. Uh, we fell victim to COVID in our wedding. We got married in December of 20, and I have lots of out-of-town friends, and well. very few of them came except for Lauren and our good friend, friend, good friend Lauren and Stacy, uh, who did came come and bring the party. Uh, I uh, but I fell victim to a very liberal ex-wife. But anyway, we're going to move right <laughs> along into the podcast. We've talked about a lot of things tonight. Well, we need to talk about sports, yeah. man. We're, done, we're getting we're too get, much we got, into real We got several now. layers into that. So, Drew, yesterday was a big day for SEC football. We're going to dive right into some sports. So, uh, yesterday the SEC released their 2024 football schedules. And I think if we called up <clears> – <throat> Fans at the University of Florida, their Bucks beef of the week yeah. would be their schedule. 11 out of the 12 teams that they have scheduled to play next year are in bowl games, including three teams in the top 10. Like, they've got a murderer's row of football games next year. And I, you know, I've been, you know, belaboring the fact that Mississippi State has a tough schedule next year, and we do. But after that Florida schedule, I'm going to be real quiet for a few weeks. Yeah. So I'm trying to find. I got it, it right here. So they start. They they start with Miami at home, Sanford at home, A and M at home. Then they travel to Starkville to play those Mississippi State Bulldogs, <clears throat> the one team that's not in a bowl game this year. UCF comes to Florida after that. They play at Tennessee, home for Kentucky, Georgia on a neutral field, at Texas, home for LSU, home for Ole Miss, and they finish at Florida State. That is an absolutely brutal schedule for next year. You know, I I uh, I spoiled or helped spoil the Ole Miss schedule last year, last week, and I one of my main contentions was the fact that Ole Miss did not have a, an easy opponent going into the Egg Bowl, the week before the Egg mm-hmm. Bowl. Like this year, we had Louisiana Monroe. Last year, we went to Fayetteville to play Arkansas, and it was ugly. And it's just not much time to to get ready. Ole Miss had the opportunity to have two weeks to prepare for Mississippi State. Right. And uh, in that emotionally charged Egg Bowl. Um, this year uh, was great. And next year they go on the road and play uh, play Florida. 
But then I looked at Florida's schedule <laughs> and saw that their last five games was Georgia at Texas, LSU, Ole Miss, and Florida State. And I was like, listen, <laughs> if this there's an opportunity. So you start the season with Miami, Samford, that's a W, A&M, Mississippi State, UCF. At that point, if they're not like four and one, yeah. then it's a good chance that Millie, Billy Napier is getting fired after that Georgia week. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, and so at that point, you're if you're Ole Miss, you're kind of hoping for a derailment yeah. of Florida, and you think Florida may be in the dumpster right. by the time you play them. So that's the positive. Right. Spin that one more time. If Florida has fired Billy Napier by the time Ole Miss comes to town. The storyline is man, a job interview is a for job. Lane Kiffin. That is a job that makes me nervous. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I wasn't. He 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 was going to take the Auburn job. I was not nervous about Auburn, and I should have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miami. I was not nervous about Miami, and he was. He did not take that job. Yeah. Uh, I will be nervous about Florida as, as you should be because that'll be a, a so, ipso facto what, job as an interview. Old, yeah, it, as an Ole Miss fan, I'm really hoping that Florida starts this season off. They've still got a really good recruiting class yeah. for high school kids. Yeah. I'm really hoping. That's probably the only reason why he kept his job this year, if I'm being honest with you. Because they haven't done but much I'm in really, the transfer portal, but they are winning from a high school standpoint. Right. So, uh, I'm really hoping that for Florida, they're starting off with uh, a home win against Miami, Samford, a home win against A&M. You beat a Mississippi State team that's trying to rebuild. Mm-hmm. You beat UCF at home in the in-state kind of game. And then you always beat Tennessee for some reason. You start off hot to give people enough leeway, to have enough Hope. slack mm-hmm. in the leash to not fire him. To give him one but, more year. Yeah, 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 and to give him one more year. Because yeah. that, that job does make me nervous. However... If you're an Ole Miss fan, what you hope for, looking at Ole Miss's schedule, uh, and it's a very favorable schedule outside of that one game which you wish you would have had it earlier in the year rather than later, uh, you really hope that Ole Miss is in the playoff. Because if Ole Miss is in the playoff, Lane's not leaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Florida's gonna not going – Florida will not wait until after the playoff to hire a coach. Yeah, I mean, it's a – So that's, that's Ole Miss's hope right now. You finish the season uh, at 11th. And what would have been a, in a they would have been in the twelve team playoff had it been in twenty three. Yeah. So you're hoping to be in the top twelve or top eleven next year. Because you should and enter so, SEC play four and zero. You got Kentucky as your first game that in South Carolina. That should be a couple of wins before you play LSU. And so you really theoretically should be six and zero heading into LSU game. And that's when it gets and tough. And LSU still they don't have a quarterback. No, because right Jaden Daniels is yeah. he's gone. But that's where it gets right. tough. You got LSU, Oklahoma comes to Oxford. You go at Arkansas, home for Georgia, at Florida, home for Mississippi State. And so you have to be six and zero heading into the LSU game. There is zero right. room for error because. Like that's the difference in like like a ten and two season, you know, nine and three season, or like a, a six and six season if you don't if you don't take care of business early. Yeah, so for Ole Miss, they've got a this year they had an incredibly tough schedule. Uh especially consi- I mean, it's a miracle that they made a ten and two. I said on this podcast a couple weeks ago that every fifty fifty ball this year went Ole Miss's mm-hmm. way to get them to ten and two. There was a ball in the air against LSU. Mm-hmm. There was a kick in the air to go to overtime against Texas A and M. There was a ball in the air against 
Arkansas, it just it played out perfectly for Ole Miss mm-hmm. in razor thin margins. Yep. Next year, you lose Alabama and Auburn, and you pick up <laughs> Kentucky, uh, Florida, South Carolina, uh, you pick and Oklahoma. Up Sa- Kentucky, South Carolina, and Oklahoma. You still got Georgia, yeah. and that's the bear. Yeah. You know, you do get them at home this time. Does it matter? Yeah. Uh, probably not. Probably not. Uh, so you look at Ole Miss's schedule. I, I don't think there's a way they start off worse than zero and five. You, five and zero. Uh, you know that gives you a win at home against Kentucky. You go to South Carolina. You should be six and zero. I said zero and five. You did. I, I said five and zero. I corrected yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then six and zero going into LSU. Uh, I think you're going to beat Arkansas. I think you're going to beat Florida. And I think you're going to beat State. So that's nine wins. Yeah. Your toss-up games are going to be at LSU, at Arkansas. I mean, Oklahoma at home and Georgia at home. Uh, and so if you get to nine and three, uh, I think you've got a shot at the playoff. But I think you're going to have to be ten and two. Yeah, ten and two. And next so you've year got to, you've got to go. You know, one and two yeah. in those three toss-up games. Yeah. Uh, and I think if you're in the playoff, I don't think there's any way that anybody can poach Lane because mm-hmm. rec- people forget recruiting uh, National Signing Day is not in February anymore. December. Not, it's still in February. It just doesn't matter. It's the second one. Mm-hmm. The first National Signing Day is just a few days before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to resurrect a class of high school kids or hang on to a class of high school kids, you've got to have a coach like the Monday after Thanksgiving, just like Mississippi State did. You've got to have that coach in there. you got to think, if, if Florida fired Billy Napier after this season, they've got a really good recruiting class, they were going to have to hire somebody by the Monday after Thanksgiving to try to hold on to that recruiting Which class. is why Mississippi State, who we'll talk about next, moved so fast on Jeff Levy. I think we could have poached a sitting head head coach of a, of a Power 5 school but with the early signing period, we had to make a move. And Zach Selman felt familiar with Jeff Levy. It's a good hire, but it's not a great hire. And I think he just felt like right. he had to pull the trigger because we're, like you said, we're a week away from the full si- like the first signing day. And is outsider's opinion, though, I think that Levy was Selman's guy from day one. It was 100%. I think that, like, you call, I think we called Jamie Chadwell, and when he said no, Levy was the next phone call. I don't think we wasted right. time with anybody else because Selman knew Levy from the days in Oklahoma. Right. And again, he could call, he could call, uh, he could call Brett Venables immediately and just be like, Do you approve? And no head coach is going to hold somebody back. Um, it's what you tank somebody, you, tank as, an OC from taking. No, a as a leader, job. you want to you want to build people up. You, you want to lift their right. lid and launch them out of the nest. And so he's not going to hold him right. back. But yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, but that's the reason you make that hire that quick is because of this new signing day. And as much as the transfer portal is playing into college football these days, and it is, it's a big deal. You still got to win those high school recruiting battles for sure. So, uh, speaking of transfer portal, since we're, we're talking about Ole Miss's schedule, let me just hit this real quick, and then we'll go to Mississippi State. Um, Ole Miss is absolutely dominating the transfer portal. It's kind of strange that it seems like Ole Miss is the, the preferred choice in a lot of these people. Walter Nolan, according to 24-7 Crystal Balls and on three projections, is heavily favored to come to Ole Miss. Uh, I don't know where they're getting this money. I don't know what they're doing. Uh but he is heavily considered to go to Ole Miss. But even if you don't get Walter Nolan, what Ole Miss has done is they've gotten the number one linebacker in the transfer portal in college in the Arkansas linebacker, Chris Paul Jr. 
Uh, thankfully, he is not the son of the Chris Paul. That's the only Paul, thing that can make I would me have to, hate yeah. Ole Miss worse is if this was actual Chris Paul's son. Actual, you know, the point God, Chris Paul's God. son. You know, uh, that Do would, not call I, him I don't know that, that I could have worn the colors, <laughs> the same colors as, as Chris Paul's son. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's the only reason, it's the main reason why I want Ole Miss to just beat the ever living crap out of Wake Forest <laughs> next year. You know, uh, but, uh, uh, got Chris Paul Jr. out of Arkansas. That's a big, they big, got, big get, man. He's the number one linebacker in the class. They got the number one, and this isn't a transfer portal guy. This is a JUCO guy. They got Deion Smith, the former LSU wide receiver, the number one JUCO wide, uh, number one JUCO player in the country. Uh, they locked him up. Uh, they got uh, today a commitment from the number one safety in the country in Key Lawrence, the Oklahoma transfer. They've gotten, they they have. Sent out a lot of feelers on a lot of offensive linemen. They got an offensive lineman. A four, he was a four-star transfer. He was not obviously that highly rated out of high school, but he must have developed pretty well. But out of Southern Miss, uh, I can't recall his name. But and then you still got Walter Nolan out there. Yeah. Uh, Jackson Dart is playing a little coy. I saw that. Uh, I've been seeing. He this. is still saying he's evaluating his options. I can't see a, a scenario in which he doesn't come back, uh, but there's something else I wanted to talk about later that could that could come into effect with with Jackson Dart. But their most key additions, outside of a potential Walter Nolan addition, is not additions at all. It's retention. They got Caden Priestcorn, the second team All SEC tight end, to come back to school. That's big. They got Trey Harris to come back to school. They got. Jordan Watkins to come back to school. That's two receivers that were extremely efficient, and Trey Harris just absolute ball yeah. on the outside to come back to school. That's their wins right now. They got Jared Ivey, their best rush in to come back to school. Uh, and these these are not folks, you know, I've said on this podcast before, is that veteran teams aren't necessarily good if you just have a bunch of seniors that stink. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like retention is not always great but these guys had pro prospects mm-hmm. and they convinced them to come back to school especially Caden Priestcorn who is an able-bodied uh tight end that has pro prospects kind of fits well because he can also block in a pro style yeah. uh, he's a bigger body and he's a father of almost two and for them to pony up enough money to him yeah. for he, to talk him out of what could be a fourth or fifth round draft Pay yeah. to come back to Oxford for one more year. It's just an absolute home run. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that's a big get, and then only makes Ole Miss better for next year and a team that's going to be loaded already. And you're getting these cats back, but you know that early schedule being the very only favorable. wild card. There's two wild cards right now, and it's Jackson Dart, like we've talked about, which I think ultimately will we'll come back. He's he's doing it for more money. Um, he's trying to get more nil money. The uh, the other wild card that. I'm not really sure where they stand on. I'm not a big recruit, Nick, or anything. Uh, is Quinshawn Judkins, right. the one of the best running backs in the SEC? You know, led the SEC in rushing as a rookie, as a freshman. Uh, did not have quite the yardage production as a as a uh, sophomore, but was extremely productive late in the season. Dominated in the Egg Bowl. He's he's a stud. Yeah. Um, curious to see what he's going to do. He. Uh, it's rumored that he's asking for 1.2, and Ole Miss uh, re- uh, 
it is believed that they offered 800k, and so can they meet in the middle? I don't really see the the pros for Quinshawn leaving, mm-hmm. given that he is a draft eligible junior. It's you almost have to view him as an expiring contract right. if you're another team. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's how we have to view these players sure. these days. Sure. He is an expiring contract. He is going to be highly, highly drafted after next season. Do you pony up if you are a team that's putting him into a new system? Do you pony up $1.2 million yeah. for one year? Yeah. I mean, for a Marvin Harrison Jr., where you're talking like neighborhood of like $20 million, like that's a guy that you do that for, which is just ridiculous. If they pay him twenty million dollars, that can't be real. That can't be real. He's not going. He, he's not. Going so a good friend of mine to told me back. that he he knows Bill Self from Kansas, and this is college basketball. But he said that they right. were having a drink one night, and he asked him straight up, like these numbers are ridiculous. Are these kids getting two and three and five million dollars to go play college football or college basketball? And Bill Self, Kansas head basketball coach, said no. He said you can take that number and cut it about half. He said half to sixty percent is kind of what they're getting. So if you're seeing, you know, one million, they're probably getting between four and six hundred thousand, which is still not chump change, but it's not the million dollars being advertised. But be interesting to see if Lane can keep this class together because if so, I mean, Ole Miss will have another special team next year with a schedule that's favorable early, gets tough down the stretch, but can it happen? Yeah, I I'm I could not be more excited about it. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Rusty, uh, I want you to tell me about Mississippi State, and then I want to touch on the transfer portal in relation to a new uh, court case that was just uh, had a, a, a TRO, a temporary restraining order uh, yeah. in regards to a, an aspect of the transfer portal. Yeah. But first, let's get to Mississippi State, and then we'll talk about that. Woof. Uh, Mississippi State schedule next year is tough. Um, we're going to get an hour up before the season. I haven't even looked starts. at it. I'll be honest. So, I'll be honest with you. I haven't looked at it. I know that. I know that the teams are tough, but I have not seen the order. It's not great. So um, we start off with three home games and a road game. We get Eastern Kentucky at home. Then we go to Tempe, Arizona, play at Arizona State. We're home for Toledo and Florida. Then this is when it gets gnarly. In back-to-back weeks, or excuse me, we play a week and we have a bye week, and then we go. We play at Texas, which I thought about going. That's close to a friend of the podcast Sarah's birthday, and so we may uh, may not go to that. May have some other plans instead. But play special friend, special of the friend podcast. of the podcast at Texas, September twenty-eighth, bye week at Georgia, October the twelfth. Then A and M, Arkansas, and UMass at home before we before we play at Tennessee, home for Missouri, and at Ole Miss. Like, that is a brutal schedule, man, because, like, like you said, the teams are tough, but you make us go back-to-back, Texas and Georgia, even with a bye week in the middle. like That's enough to break. I mean, we might we might get beat yeah. 80 to nothing in those two games, and that's probably conservative. Like, they're going to beat the absolute I mean, if breaks you look off at of this us. With the most uh, rose-colored glasses of all time, I mean, you're a fan. Yeah. We're going Picture this being the last weekend in August, and you are – Hot and heavy, it's for ready to go. As I'm going to be, yeah, yeah. You're going to tell me they're eight and four again. No, uh, you're looking at this. You're like Eastern Kentucky win, Arizona State win, Toledo win, Florida win. But even then, you're like, okay, it's that's four, four and zero. Oh. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, we're going to Austin and going to Athens. Yeah, like oh crap. So that's four and two. A and M, we beat A and M at home. That might be a win. Arkansas, maybe. UMass, no. Tennessee, no. Missouri, no. Ole Miss, probably not. <laughs> like, it just ends very I poorly. Mean, 
you know, last year, and there was extenuating circumstances that you f- that you refused to acknowledge. Nah, whatever. Uh, with the Ole Miss twenty two season, but you started out seven and one and ended eight and four. Yeah. That's kind of what Mississippi State best case scenario is, yeah. because best case scenario says that you win yeah. uh, at f- uh, you win Florida at home, and you are four and two. Yeah, going into Texas A and M, Arkansas. Best case scenario, that's a win. Yeah, they've got another year of Sam Pittman and turmoil. And no, no KJ hey, listen, at that UMass point, UMass is consistently a doormat of college football. At that point, it may be Bobby Petrino. Yeah, so uh, you're looking at, you know, five and three, or five and four, given an A and M loss and an Arkansas win, and a UMass win. Then you end the season. Tennessee, Missouri, Ole Miss. It's like you're you're going to play those three games hoping to go bowling. Do you yeah. got to win one of them to start a new streak? Uh, yeah, I, look at the schedule; it's not pretty, man. It's going to be tough to do, but it is what it is. We got plenty of off season to talk about it. Um, let's hit on that transfer portal think, real quick. You've got to think though that Billy Napier, knowing in year three, he is on the hottest of seats. You nobody yeah. in college football would trade places with Billy no. Napier right now. No, none whatsoever. Zero people. Um, yeah. So the transfer portal. So did you see this yesterday? It made rounds that in a court in West Virginia, West Virginia, uh, there was a case that took the NCAA to court, and basically the crux of the case is you have um, allowed for players to rightfully you have deemed it rightful and true that these kids can make money on their name image and likeness Mm -hmm. so if you are saying if the courts say that you owe these kids money for their name image and likeness then how in the world can you deny waivers for players who have transferred because you we have we have we the courts have decided that that these kids are owed their money but you are denying kids opportunity to make money because they choose to transfer mm-hmm. for a second time. Yeah. And so the court ruling was it for 14 days that it, it granted a TRO, a temporary restraining order on the NCAA for withholding or denying waivers. People that and this is this is hitting home for college basketball. That's what season we're in right now. Mm-hmm. For people who are sitting out because they cannot get cleared, cannot get an NCAA waiver because they have transferred, in most cases, for the second time yeah. or for the third time. Yeah. Uh, and so, effective immediately yesterday, any player who has not received an NCAA waiver to play or has been denied an NCAA waiver to play in the current college basketball season or any season that's happening right now is immediately eligible. Wow. And that is massive. It's massive on a micro scale for current teams. Ole Miss right now has a Georgetown uh, transfer uh, who transferred from Tennessee and has played three years at Georgetown and is now transferred to Ole Miss. His name is Brandon Murray. His absolute electric factory uh, jumps out of the gym. He would come in right now and be the best player on an undefeated Ole Miss basketball team. A team, 100%. An Ole Miss basketball team 
that has won against Memphis, has won on the road against uh, a scrappy team in Temple who is ranked for the first time since I don't know when Ole Miss team. He would be immediately the best player on Ole Miss's team. 100%. They have uh, immediately granted eligibility for 14 days. That's how long the TRO is good for until they they address this in court again on the 27th of December. Yeah. And so I agree. Like the, this is how this is this is a great opportunity for these kids to step in and make immediate impact. You know, there's no repercussions for coaches leaving. I don't understand why there's such a heavy burden on kids that are making transfers. Um, but I mean the transfer portal is an ever evolving situation. And so there's a lot of things that are going to be coming out of this. I think this case, this court case is the beginning of a lot of court cases that are going to influence the way college athletics work in the future. So my thoughts on this, uh, short term, the NCAA has came out and said, uh, uh, the NCAA has come out and said, if you challenge this, if you play your players that have not gotten a waiver, then you, if we win the court case on the 27th, they would be deemed ineligible for the season period. You have played a player that's ineligible. The other side of that is the NCAA has never won a court case ever. Yeah, ever. Yeah. And so, big picture. Let's talk big picture just for a brief second. Uh, if this becomes the 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 lay of the land, the, the, the law of the world, is that and the, the NCAA cannot keep a player from making money by not granting a waiver when he transfers. There will be an absolute open market that is not even seen by professional sports. A free agency that is complete and totally unhinged. And let me lay out a situation in which it, it would be uncontrollable. If you cannot play, if if they can if you get a waiver, if you were eligible to play no matter how many times you transferred, Ole Miss goes and plays at or plays Bryant at home that Christmas Eve. If a player from Bryant scores 27 points on them and they're like, he is way undervalued, he should be on a better team, come play for us, transfer, you're immediately eligible, period, because we can't tell you're not eligible. Two weeks later, he could be playing for Ole Miss. Put, I told you I'd bring, bring up Jackson Dart in a minute. This is where I'm going to bring him up. If Jackson Dart, who has transferred one time from USC to Ole Miss, he would have to get a waiver – for the second time to transfer, we'll say this holds up. Jackson Dart can immediately put in the transfer pool yep. and not have any repercussions, any chance of a waiver being denied, right. and he could use it at the very minimum as a bargaining chip, right. as a trade piece, as a as a way to drive the do- a negotiating tactic, because he it's not contingent on anything. Mm-mm. He will be clear. Yeah, like it is. You think the transfer portal is the Wild West now? Wait till you don't have to worry about waivers. Right. Yeah, it's going to get even worse. And speaking of that, man, like we've had some wild happenings over the last week in terms of contract negotiation. We've had Marvin Harrison, while we're on the transfer portal, like possibly yeah. making enough money to stay in college another year and forego his rookie season another year, $20 million. We've got Quinchon Junkins possibly calling for $1.2 million on the open market. But none of that compares to Shohei Otani money. 
Oh no! Shohei Otani money. Seven hundred million yeah. dollars, but he pulled a Bobby Bonilla and deferred Let me tell sixty-eight you. million the, a year till he's done this. with the contract. He's my boy's getting paid two million a year, and they're gonna get paid sixty-eight million a year after ten years. No, for yeah. So for ten years, he's gonna be making two year two million dollars a year, and for ten years after that, he'll make sixty-eight million dollars a year. Why? Why not? And and the thing that is so. so First off, the highest contract that was ever signed in professional baseball was Mike Trout's four hundred and say fifty. I can't remember the numbers. You're telling me that he got two hundred and fifty million dollars more than the next highest paid contract in Major League Baseball history is absolutely funny money. I don't understand how that's even possible. That's the wildest thing to me, man. And like he's on it. So between. O- Otani and Mookie Betts deal. It's one point oh seven billion dollars. The Florida Marlins are worth one point billion as a franchise. Those two yeah. players are making more money than the entire Marlins franchise is worth. And let me tell you something right now. Oh, Shohei Otani is the is a the smartest man in the world. Hundred percent. Because that seven hundred million dollar contract over ten years, he was only going to net. He was going to net like forty five percent of that after California state income tax, uh, you know the uh, uh, representation, you know your attorney fees and all that. That's going to be a set percentage anyways. But after all of that, thirty five million dollars. He's not going to pay that on two million dollars for ten years. But then state or federal law, I believe it's federal law. That if you move out of state right. for a period of, I think, eight, and you're owed that much money over a period of so many years, and you, say he moves to Texas. Yeah, no income tax. Yeah. He will not have to pay income tax mm-hmm. on that 70, on that 68 Brilliant. times 10, $680 million. Brilliant. So he could go, when this contract is done, go play for the Texas Rangers for nothing yeah. and make. The full amount minus attorney fees or agent fees and representation fees, like the whole amount. Hundred yeah. like, percent. It's brilliant. Genius, brilliant. man. Brilliant. This is he's playing chess, not checkers, right here. Hundred yeah. percent. And let's be real. Even in Los Angeles, California, two million dollars a year is money, money, money. So, anyways, well, um, we have we have touched on an assortment of topics tonight. I know we've. We spent a lot of the podcast. We're kind of in a dead season here, and we have spent a lot of this podcast talking about personal stuff, and it's about time for us to wrap up. So I appreciate everybody here for just sticking with us. I hope you enjoyed our talks about life and just about what's going on here. You know, we are sports fans, but first and foremost, Rusty and I, we are friends, and we love to hear about each other's lives and what's going on and, and with Rusty's move and with Christmas and everything going on. We just love to talk about our lives on this podcast as well. And when we get the opportunity in a dead season like this, it is nice just to use this podcast as a way to keep everybody else abreast of what's going on in our lives and, and what we find funny and what we, we can honestly just use a, use a sounding board for. It. Just, just put this out for people to be in our corner. And so I just want to thank everybody for bearing with us through the first part of the podcast. I, I hope and I think that – Everybody will find it humorous uh, just hearing about our lives. Uh, 
but then we did get into some sports and there just there were some big a few big topics, but there wasn't just a lot to get into. So I appreciate everybody for sticking with us throughout our drawings about our families. Uh and that is the the fact that if anybody makes it an hour through this podcast and enjoyed their time while listening to two buffoons from Mississippi talk about just what's going on in their lives, I I greatly appreciate that. Yeah, we we love our audience. We love our fans. We love people who spend an hour with us every week. Even if you don't know what we're talking about, you just listen to us. And if you made it to this point, like either A, you have You've heard a lot. either A, you have nothing else to do, or B, we really, really appreciate y'all. Yeah. So uh Rusty, uh it's been a busy week. I know you're tired. I know that you've got some unpacking to do. And I know you're getting uh ready for day five at a new job. So uh we're gonna wrap this podcast right here. Uh, let you uh, get to work here and let me put these kids to bed. Uh, so until next week, you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple Music or Apple Podcasts. You can find us on YouTube at the Two Buck Sports Podcast. Rusty, we will uh, continue to correspond with everybody that wants to participate on Instagram yeah. at the number Two Buck Sports Podcast. But until next Thursday night, Play our music. Let's go. Thank you, buddy. We gone. Enjoyed it. See y'all next week.